of people have read this and preached from this. Our theme for the year is winning is the key in 2023. Uh, for the month of February, some deemed a love month, um, we're, gonna, we're talking about winning in love. Say that with me, winning in love. And for a subtopic just for today, I want to talk about love is. Say that with me, love is. Just two words, love is. Romans, the 13th chapter, uh, verse 8 out of the uh, King James Version, and then I'm going to do the NIV. It says, Oh, no man anything but to what? Love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Now, that's interesting right there. For this thou shalt not commit adultery. What? If I love right, I won't commit adultery. Thou should not kill. If I love right, I won't kill. Thou should not, if I, if I love right, I won't be stealing. It's quiet. Thou should not bear false witness. You won't be telling lies on folk. Thou should not cover, you won't be wanting what somebody else have if you really love. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We're talking about love is. In verse 10, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. You don't want that bad to work, uh, 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 to happen to somebody if you really love them. Therefore, love is fulfilling of the law. May the Lord add a blessing to the reader, the hearers, and most of all the doers of his holy word. We've often heard someone say, I just love football. Or perhaps some other sport. But since we're in the football season, just leave it, you know. And often in reference to a material thing or an activity, we will say things like, I just love my house. I love my car. I love my clothes. I love my whatever it may be. I just love it. And you know, in our society, in our nation, in our world, in our, uh, where we live in, in, in America, I believe that we have polluted the word love. We have misrepresented it, represented the word love. We have tainted it. We have redefined it and made it become something that it is not. And so, well, we know that when we say we love these things, we know that that's not real love. It may be a good feeling for something material, but what happens when the material thing breaks down? Or that sports team doesn't perform well. That's when our love may go out the window. It's like what happened uh, to Toyota Car Company. They, have, they had a recall of 8.1 million of cars because of an accelerator problem. And, and this may cause a lot of Toyota lovers to lose some of their love for their cars. Are you still following? And so likewise, if your ball team doesn't perform well, well, what do you think of them then after they lose big time? Is this what love is? We know it's not. No, we know that love deals with people's relationships. So this is what I say. Never love anything 
Never love something that can love you back. I hope you get that part. Your car can't love you back. Your house can't love you back. Your clothes can't love you back. Your food can't love you back, which you think it does. Say, look at all this love I got on me. Look at these love handles. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and someone said, we often love things and use people when we should use things and love people. Say that with me. Use things, Use things. and love people. Love. Say it one more time. Use things, Use things. and love people. love people. See, you only need more things to use them, right. not to love them. Right. You need more money, not to love it, but to use it. Right. So do material things mean more to us than people? If so, something is dreadfully wrong with our hearts. You can't like things, but you must love people. You can like the thing, but you must love people. Right, right. A genuine love for others is somewhat life-changing. This is an old story, but it makes a good point. Alidra son, a 78 years of age uh, of Rotterdam, Netherlands, has been smoking for 50 years. And for 50 years, she has been trying to give up her harmful habit. But she has not been successful, and that is until recently. She has now given up cigarettes, cigars, and pipes. The secret, Leo Jensen, 79, proposed marriage last year but refused to go through with the wedding until Alidra gave up smoking. Oh my. Says Alidra now, willpower never was enough to get me off to the tobacco habit, but love did. Now, how cute is that? Because she loved this man, and he required that she give up her habit. She said the love was stronger than the habit. What are some habits you have in your life? Uh-oh. That your love for that person is stronger than your habit. Well, you know I'm like this, so you ought to just accept me like I am. Is your habit stronger than the love? Well, you got a habit of sucking your teeth. Stop sucking your teeth. Get uh, mint or something to keep you from doing it. Whatever you got to do. Because my love, I'm going to find out what I got to do. Because my love is strong. Y'all still with me? Amen. Much of the love that we see on TV may be nothing but a form of lust. Except when it deals with genuine giving. Right. Right. E.C. McKenzie uh, wrote, the loneliest place in the world is the human heart. When love is absent. So regardless of what the world calls love and thinks about love, we must consider what God says about love. And I want to talk about three things that God considers about love. Love is a continuing debt. Love is a command from God. And love is a completion of the law. Let's deal with number one. Love is a continuing debt. Say that with me. Love, love is a continuing debt. Continuing All right, let's look at verse 8. I'm in the teaching mode. 
said, let no debt, and I know it said let, you know, uh, it says, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you, when you look at it in the, uh, uh, the KJV, it says, oh, no man anything. But we wanted to kind of bring it down where you can really understand what this is saying. It says, let no debt remain outstanding. Except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. A tour guide was showing the tourists around Washington, D.C. And the guide uh, pointed out the place where George Washington supposedly threw a dollar across the Pontiac, uh, uh, the, the Potomac uh, River, I'm sorry, the Potomac River. And uh, he said, that's impossible, said, said the, 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 the tourist. He said, no one could throw a coin that far. And he said, you have to remember, answered the guy, a dollar went a lot further. It doesn't seem like our money does, <laughs> doesn't go as far as it used to, right? But let no debt remain outstanding. Just, just let that sink in for a minute. Let no debt remain outstanding. What is the meaning of this? It means to pay your bills. If you do anything at all in this life, you will get some bills. How many witnesses I got in here? I don't care how much money you make, you're going to get some bills. And some bills are continuing. They are revolving. They, I just paid that last month. What the devilish thing coming in the mail for? I just got, I just paid that yesterday. And see, you ain't grown until you got bills. All right. Where all my grown folk in here? Where all my grown folk in here? <laughs> you children in your house talking about they grown. They don't pay nothing. Not even paying for the phone that they got and running the bill up. But if you are faithful in paying your bills, you will have no outstanding debt. It got real quiet right there. It used to be that people didn't buy anything on credit except for a house or a car. But nowadays, it seems like almost anything and everything is bought on credit. And that's not good. See, generally, uh, that makes for a great debt, which some people will never be able to pay. But here's a, a, an exception uh, to that rule. That when you pay your bills, you really don't have debt. Debt is only debt because you did not keep your promise. So you're in debt when you do not honor your word. And in America... Good God Almighty. We got a whole lot of lying people around here. Yes, sir. I'm going to pay that on time. You just unsigned. You don't care. I just got to get it. I don't care what they say, how many payments, how long it's going to be. I just got to get it. I just got to have it. A couple paid off $46,000 in debt. They threw a party. And her name was Sherry... Uh, Moondung, uh, Moldung, and the, the credit card debt was $46,244. But the release, she felt after paying it off was priceless. So much so that uh, she was from Colorado. Her, she was a Colorado resident, and, and her husband uh, threw a party for the friends and the family after mailing off the final check and the event at the community center featured a cake Decoration with the dead amount with the uh, green icing. They put it in green icing. 
And so the television, uh, the CNN television, they, they reported that, hey, these, this couple, this, the couple had been paying the debt for three years and seven months. And so uh, uh, Muldoon told CNN, added that the last payment that made recently for $1,500, when we mailed that last check, I sat down in the car and I looked over to my husband and I just burst out into tears. And the article stated that the typical American household with at least one credit card has nearly $10,700 in credit card debt, according to uh, carweb.com, if you care to go on and look at it. And so the average interest rate runs in the mid to the high teens, according to the website. And Muldoon, she uh, said that the the soaring cost of their nine credit cards left them with two options. Either they're going to file bankruptcy or make a drastic lifestyle change. And so they opted for the latter. They told the, 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 the television station that we changed everything to bare bones minimum. Basically, if it wasn't essential to support life, we didn't do it. What a great story. And it wouldn't, if it be great, it would be, wouldn't it be great if, if all people could pay their credit card debts off like those people did? Wouldn't it be great to be out of debt? And I hope y'all don't have like, you know, 10 cards, 7 cards, all that kind of stuff, and you done maxed them all out. Right? And, and you know, uh, we, you know, we, this is not this is not a get out of debt sermon, but I'm going somewhere with it. But there's one debt that you'll never pay off, and that's the debt of love. And you may be the richest person in the world, but you'll still owe people the debt of love until the day you die. God put us here to love one another to love our neighbors as ourselves, and we should love them any way we can, as often as possible and as long as ever. Right. You know, don't you get tired of taking out the trash? Don't you get tired of cleaning the bathroom? Don't you get tired of the toilet stool and scrubbing the tile floors and doing the laundry? Don't you get tired of that? Ain't nobody saying nothing. <laughs> Amen, Bishop. Yes. There are some things that we get awfully old after a period of time, however, demonstrating love to others should not be the one, one of those chores. I mean, when you love somebody, you should never get tired of showing love. That spills over into our married folk. Look how many years you've been married. You should never get tired of loving. Because love will be a continual debt. Now, wait a minute. If you're not married and you don't know that, then you don't need to get married because it's going to be a continual debt. In other words, you're going to have to keep on giving. Until you die. You don't stop giving after the honeymoon. Because if you do, you won't have no more honey in the moon. So please, ladies and gentlemen, please keep on loving others. Love people every chance you get, and for that you will have no regret. We will regret loving too little, but never too much. Amen. Well, Bishop, you just don't know what they have done to me. And your point is, it ain't about what they do. It's about what you do. 
all the people. I hit all time in counseling. Well, what about me? And your point is? <laughs> what did God tell you to do? Give. You always have a continual debt of love. And love isn't love until it's given away. You can't love without giving. You can give without love, but you can't love without giving. I prove my love to you by giving to you. I was just sharing in the back with some of my armor bears this morning. You know, we were talking about the, 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 the marriage ministry on yesterday. We had like 42 couples, like 84 people. It was really nice. It was beautiful. It was, oh, my God. That was so, y'all missed it. If you didn't come, you missed it. I mean, the place was laid out for a king and a queen. I mean, it was beautiful. And we had such a great time. Marriage ministry, marriage ministry is off the chain. Amen, amen. If people left out of here knowing something, learning something about each other and learning some things about themselves. Right. But here's the deal. When you say I do, when you say I will, you're only saying I do, I will to 50% of what you know about that person. Right. Right. The other 50%, you don't even know about them. But you're saying I do to something you don't even know. So in other words, you're saying I do, I will in faith to something you don't even know about. And you are saying that I commit myself to the unknown All right. of this person. Right. If I find out later that they are something different, I do some things that I didn't even know about, I'm saying I'm willing to stay there to work with it. Okay. It's getting real quiet okay. in here now. I don't know. <laughs> and these married folks in here tell you, say, all right, I, I said I do. I found out some other stuff. Hallelujah. When we were dating, he act like he would stay up with me. We'd be on the phone all the time at night. We got married. This joke go to bed at 8 o'clock. We sitting there talking to him. I didn't know that he was, he go to bed that early. I'm a night owl. I'm just getting crunk up at 12. You didn't know that. You didn't know that. But you said I do. You said I do the stuff you didn't know about. And you're not going to know everything until after you say I do. This message here is not getting anybody happy today. Love is a continuing debt. Say that with me. Love is a continuing debt. Okay, somebody fussed you out, and my God, it was not even your fault, and they got on to you. You don't stop loving them because they got misinformation about you, and they thought it was you, and it was somebody else. You continue to show love because it's a continuing debt. All right? They don't fold their clothes like you fold yours. Give me these clothes. I'm pulling all of them out the drawer. That ain't the way you put them in there. Love is a continuing debt. See, if you buy your spouse, you should look over at them and tell them, say, I owe you all my love and then some. See, some of I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm perusing the, the audience, and some of y'all ain't turned there. You right there by your spouse, you ain't say a word. You didn't say not one word. I owe you all my love and then some. Just off of this one, this one scripture, it says love is a continuing debt. It's not a tit for tat. You said so many times. 
Well, you, you know, I ain't doing nothing for you because you, you look how you treat me. You don't deserve what I have. You don't deserve oh, You want me to buy you what? No, it's a continuing love of debt. You're indebted to that person. Why? Because you gave your word. If you're not willing to go in this continuing debt of love, don't say I do. Don't say I will. And please, ma'am, please, sir, please don't go in the relationship saying I'm going to change them. Because you ain't going to change nobody. If God ain't got the power, you showing up don't have the power. mistake. Why would you want to make somebody be like you when you all jacked up? See, the problem is you think more of yourself than you ought to think. You think you always right. I, I know how. I know how to be married. Please. That's why all the rest of them passed you by. They saw something about you that they said, I, I ain't willing to say I do that. And you're blessed to have the one you have now. Because if you invest in what you have, it'll look better, it'll do better, it'll, hey! One man's junk, another man's treasure. You can kick him to the curb if you want to. Somebody come along and dress him up. Fix his hair, get him a haircut, fix his teeth. Hallelujah, get him some glasses. Amen. Wash him up. You see him the next time, be like, way. Jeffro. Man, you turned out good. Well, the only reason because she invested in him. You don't want to invest in the one you got. You want to pull them down, talk them down. Say there ain't nothing. You're ugly. Look at you. You look like Sealy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what you always have because that's all you say. You look like Sealy. That's what you see. But if you call her beautiful, every time you see her, you see something more beautiful. What's your pet name? What you, what you give her? That's what you're going to see. That's what you're going to see. What's your pet name? Some of y'all say, honey. You should, all you should see is honey. Please, don't, don't, don't call your spouse boo-boo. That don't, that don't sound like something I want to see the whole time, every time. Let me go on here. Let me, let me, let me. Number two, love is a command of God. Say that with me. Love is a command of God. Now, how do we know that? From verse 9, verse 9 says, the commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covenant, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule, love your neighbor as yourself. So let me see if I got this right. God commands, so do we always do what God commands? God commanded that we love. Love is a command of God. God commands that you love. And you already know the answer. We don't always do what God commands us to do. Amen. Hallelujah. So we don't do it. We just don't do it. You know, uh, there was a little story that was told about uh, two uh, preachers from different denominations, a Presbyterian and a Baptist ministry was discussing baptism. And after a beautiful dissertation on the subject by the Baptist minister, the Presbyterian minister asked if the Baptists uh, considered a person baptized 
if he was immersed in water up to his chin. He said, no, said the Baptist. He said, is he considered baptized if he is emerged up to his nose? No. You know, again, the Baptist says, no. Well, if you emerged him up to his eyebrows, do you consider him baptized? Presbyterian minister said. He said, you don't seem to understand, said the Baptist. We must be immersed completely in water until his head is covered. And he said, that's what I've been trying to tell you all the time, said the Presbyterian. It's only a little water on the top of the head that counts. Now, I do believe in baptism. Don't get me wrong. I, I believe in baptism, right? And it should rightfully be done by immersion. But it's what the word means. I mean, you can twist words and make it sound like something you want it to sound like. Look at Romans 6 and 3. It says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus, into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So you see what he says there? He said we'll baptize unto Christ Jesus. Then Acts 2 and 38 says Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So we see baptism is a command from God. And when Jesus came along, he baptized with the Holy Ghost. Are you following? In fact, it is a command of the Godhead. It's to be done in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's only command in the Bible that it is to be done in the name of the Godhead, but for the life of me, I don't know why people argue about how, how you are being baptized or having to be baptized. Because baptism in itself, by itself, will not save you. All right. All right. So we don't need to argue about it. The, the thief on the cross that went with him in paradise, he didn't have a chance to get baptized. Right. Right. right? right. And there are some that's getting wet up, but they don't believe in Jesus. You went down a dry devil and you came up a wet devil. So we got a bunch of baptized devils around here. And many people believe in the Lord Jesus, but they don't want to obey him in baptism. Now, why is this such a big deal? It's a big deal because it is a command of God, and it's an act of obedient surrender. Say that with me, obedient surrender. That's what it is. It's an obedient surrender. But listen, it's also only one-time deal. He says that if you're a believer, we all should practice the act of obedience, surrender. So you are only baptized into Christ one time. And that makes baptism an easy command to follow compared to many other commands God has given us. And one is the command to love others. Are you following me? So that's not a one-time deal. It's a lot harder to love others than it is to be baptized. Would you agree? It's a lot harder to love people than to be baptized. Because some folk going to rub you the wrong way all day, every day. <laughs> Baptism, all you got to do is say, take me to the water. And as soon as they take you to the water, it's done. But to love somebody all day, every day. General Montgomery, a professed Christian, revealed basic principles of obedience which should govern us as people under the great captain of our salvation. 
and when he came into command in North Africa to rescue the, uh, the Allied forces, General Montgomery, he, he expected his command to be carried out. And he said, orders are no longer formed the basis for discussion, but for action. We're not going to discuss the command. We just want to follow the command. And see, a lot of folks in church, they think that the command of God is up for discussion. Command of God is not up for discussion. For you to love somebody, that's not up for discussion. Why? Because your love got to be so strong that you love your enemies. And your husband and your wife are not your enemy. But we sure enough come close to acting like they are. Man, you get them at the house and you see how they be throwing stuff and how they be hollering. You be like, oh my God, is it World War Three in there or what? They're not your enemy, but sometimes we act like they are our enemy. When they are not your enemy. And he said, love your enemy. How you going to do that? Now watch this. The only way you're going to be able to love your enemy is through obedience. Now let me tell you something about obedience. You heard me say this before. I'm going to say it again. Instant obedience is the only kind of obedience there is. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And we got it bad in, in marriage. I'm going to do it, but I ain't going to do it when you tell me to do it. Say so that's right. That's what we done said. Yeah. But you still disobedient. Delayed obedience is disobedience. You got to quickly do what's required. God commands you to love. All right, you ain't like you ain't like what I'm saying. John 13 and 34 says, "A new command I give you: Love one another." He didn't say if they do this or here's a clause. No, he just said, "Love one another." Watch this: As I loved you, look at here. You so you must. Everybody say must. You need to highlight must in your Bible. You must love one another. He says, I have loved you. You must. Not a choice. I'm a chill. I love you, not you. I love you, not you. I love you, not you. I love you, not No. Love one another. We mess love up. Love is so powerful until if you keep doing it, the people that reject love, they will get out of your presence. All right. Can you imagine somebody say, I can't stay, I can't stay married to you because all you want to do is love me. And I'm not ready to receive love. Because the more I try to push you away, the more I try to do something ill to you, you still love me. I can't stay in this relationship. All you want to do is just love me. We must love people. And then finally, love is a completion of the law. Verse 10. It said, love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. If you want to fulfill the law, learn how to love. And you know what? Some of us are a little low on our love. Because if, if, if it don't benefit us, we don't want nothing to do with it. But the Bible says you should esteem others higher than yourself. I should want more for the first lady than I want for myself. I should be willing to help her in whatever her dreams and, you know, ambitions are, you know, that I, you know, well, I ain't got time for you. No. Watch this. 
Because when she go up, I go up. When I go up, she goes up. Why? Because we are connected. What I look like pulling her down? I'm pulling myself down. What she look like pulling me down? She pulling herself down. We lift each other up because we both benefit from it. We got the same last name. So when they say B go up, all the B go up. When B go down, all the B go down. I don't look down and say, see, look at good for you. I'm gonna, you going on down. I'm going to be right here. No, no, no. You going down too, buddy. You going down too. You just don't realize it. I'm about done. There was a little girl that said to her friend, says, I'm never having kids. I hear they take nine months to download. <laughs> Two kids were talking to one another, and one said, I'm really worried. My dad works 12 hours a day to give me a nice home and good food. My mom, she spends the whole day cleaning and cooking for me. I'm worried sick. And the other kid said, what have you to, you got to worry about? Sounds like to me, you got it made. And the first kid said, but what if they try to escape? Kids do have it made whether they realize it or not. They may realize this once they get out and, you know, away from home. But once they are gone, they, they, you know, they don't ever really be gone. How many witnesses we have in here? Is the job of raising kids, helping our kids really ever over? In a sense, parenting is a job that is never done. We continue to help our children any way we can and even when they're grown. Let's go on face up. But it's nice when we feel like we have completed something in life, isn't it? When they go on and do well, I mean, it's nice to finish a task, a job well done. Or perhaps the greatest thing you can do for the Lord. So, you know, it says here in verse 10, love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law or love the completion of the law. And, you know, in, in, when I'm getting sermons together, whatever like that, you know, uh, it has, you know, really been my salvation. It's good. It's very good. I enjoy it immensely in looking at scripture and comparing scripture. I enjoy studying God's word. I enjoy preparing messages that hopefully will honor God and bless you. But it is not everything. It's not the, the finality, finality of, of what, uh, what I do. It's not the final of who I am. It's not, it's, that's not it. I can put, you know, the icing on the cake by serving others. That's what it's all about. It's not about what I'm talking about. It's what I'm doing what I'm talking about. Did you get that? So my Christian life is even better or enhanced or is complete when I go to visit someone and demonstrate love to those who others have kicked to the curb and people don't want nothing to do with them. And, and study is good, but I can just top it off. And that's what I'm going to leave you with. You can just top it off. Now, Bishop, how do I top it off? When I demonstrate what I have studied in the book and so with you. Whatever you have read in God's word, you can top it off by doing what you have read and what you have heard. 
It's not enough to hear it. It's not enough to read it. It's not enough to study it. It's not enough to go and research it and write papers on it. But here is what it is. It tops it all when you actually do what you read and do what you write and do what you learn and do what you hear. That is when it is real. come to church to get happy. I come here so I can learn something and do it when I leave out of here. Come on, somebody shout, I got to do it when I leave out of here. Our religion is vain if we don't practice what we preach. Let me give you scripture as I leave out of here. Look at James 1 and 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You put the icing on the cake and you top it off. When you do for people who are less fortunate than you, and when you don't let the world tell you how you ought to live your life, you don't succumb to the world and what the world is trying to dictate to you how to live. No, I get my orders from God. I get my orders from the word of God. I am not going to just be like this world. I'm just a pilgrim passing through, and I might be the oddball in all of this, and I might be the only one on my job that's talking about Jesus. I might be the only one on my job that's not cursing. I might be the only one on my job that's standing out like a sore stone. But that's all right because I am my God promoting my Christ. And that's all that matters. You can talk about me as you please. But I'm going to serve the Lord and I'm going to represent him well. Oh, no matter what the world say, can you say amen? You ought to take it as a challenge that if I'm the only one in here, I'm going to convert somebody before I leave here. Somebody is going to hear about Jesus. Somebody is going to see me walk right and let my light shine everywhere I go. I'll turn that light on and I'll make it brighter before I turn it off. Hallelujah. Look down your road and tell everybody, let your light shine. Come on, tell somebody, say, let it, turn it up brighter. Before you turn it off, turn it up brighter. Before you hush your mouth, if I got to tell you with tears in my eye, I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to steal nothing out of the register. I'm going to be all right because my promotion come from the Lord. I'm not here to try to bless myself by stealing from the man. No, God sees everything. And if he want me to have something, he'll give it to me. Hallelujah. I refuse to be polluted by the world. Hey, you get, to get ahead, you got to do like so-and-so. The devil is a liar. To get ahead, you got to pull her down. You got to pull him down. You got to pull them down. So you got to make her look bad. Got to make him look bad. Then you'll get promoted. The devil is a liar. I'm going to love everybody in here. Are y'all hearing me? If you got the devil in you, I'm going to love the devil out of you. So when I get home, I can sleep good at night. I ain't got to say I tried to make this one here look bad and make that one look bad. No, the devil is a liar. I ain't got to make nobody look bad. All I got to do is let my light shine and be a person of integrity and have good character. And they'll always leave me in charge by myself. Because they know they can count on me, not because of who I am, but because of the God I serve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. I refuse to be polluted by the world. Come on, say that with me. I refuse to be polluted by the world. World tell you it don't take all that what they reading in that Bible. It don't take all that to satisfy your wife. You speak for yourself. And while my wife loves me, she all over me. Yeah. Yours talk about you behind your back. 
Because you sit around talking about she don't take, it don't take our debt. She don't need this. She don't deserve that. That's why you where you are right now. If she's yours, she deserves everything. You might not can give her everything, but she deserves it. Simply back for simply fact for just putting up with your butt. Oh, excuse me. Behind, whatever. Let me close this out. When we went to Jamaica to do to help the poor, for us that was icing on the cake. That's the fulfillment of the completion of God's law. Mm-hmm. That you help somebody that cannot help themselves. Right. And that's what we do when we go, been going for 30 year, years almost to the prison. Yeah. Close to it. Those who we help when they lose their home. Those that we give water to when water is not plenty as like we have it. That's love in action. I just that's just to name a few things that this church will do, and even those that you you run into and you just do things out of your pocket. Right, right. That's love in action. Love that's the fulfillment of God's law. God don't want you just run over there and say, "Come on, let me just pray for you." The Bible said, "Uh-uh." First natural, then spiritual. Right. You take care of natural needs, and then you say, "Let's pray." Some of us so stingy, we don't want to give nobody nothing. Not even somebody poor. Not somebody you know they poor. Uh-uh, they ain't getting nothing I got. You ain't moved by that. Even a lot of people who don't have much try to help somebody else that ain't got much. Say, so girl, we, I ain't got much, but you can have half of what I want. I got. And here you are, God done blessed you be times. You bless on top of blessings. And you don't look for nobody to bless. You don't look for nobody to say, God, touch my heart. When I run into somebody that really needs my help, I want you to touch my heart so I can do it without, without even thinking about it, without even hesitation or reservation or sitting there saying, well, let me pray about it. Go on about your business. Nobody wants to fool with you. You got to pray about everything. If you already been praying, the Holy Spirit just going to tap you. You done already prayed. That's why they tell you to go ahead and be prayed up. John 13, 35 says, by this, all men would know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Isn't it strange or it's sad that people don't know that you are Christ's disciples? Because you're not a loving person. You're an unloving person. And they say, I didn't know you was Christ's disciple. Because you're not showing any love. Some folk only join groups so that they can suck it dry. Some folk join groups so they can be in charge, in control. They're not doing it because they got genuine love for the folk. They're doing it because what's in it for me? But he said, you will know that they are his disciples by the love that they show. People that walk through those doors should see the love we got for each other in here. say, I done gave up on church. I don't want nothing to do with the church. There ain't nothing but a bunch of hypocrites in the church. I can't, uh-uh. I did, listen, I had a bad deal with a church I joined before, and they hurt me so bad. I got a whole bunch of church hurt, and I don't know what to do about it. But when they walk through those doors, they need to say, wait, wait a minute now. There's a whole lot of love in here. Now, they make me think twice about giving up on the church. We will know that we're his disciples by the love that we have for one another. 
Now, just like any other family, brothers and sisters, we're going to have disagreements. We might even fall out with each other, but we're going to still love each other. Now, we might fall out with each other, but don't nobody else talk about my brother and sister now. Now, if you're in the marketplace, you better not be talking about my people in here and from the winning church. I'm going to get you straight. Because you don't even go here, so you hush your mouth because you don't even come here. I know what goes on in the winning church. Do I have any witnesses in here? I know what goes on in the winning church. You ain't going to talk about my bishop like that. I know. You ain't going to talk about my first lady like that. I already know what goes on over here. Talk to the hand. Some of you get devil in you and try to talk about folk in here. You ought to give them the hand too. Hallelujah. Let me close with this. As an aged Christian lay dying in Edinburgh, a friend called and said, farewell. He said, I have just had three other visitors, said the dying man. And with two of them, I parted. But the third, I shall keep with me forever. Who are they? The first was faith. And I said, goodbye, faith. I thank God for your company ever since I first trusted Christ. But now I'm going where faith is lost in sight. And then came hope. Farewell, hope, I cried. You have helped me in many an hour of battle and distress, but now I shall not need you, for I am going where hope passes into fruition. And last of all came love. Love said, I... You have indeed been my friend. You have linked me with God and with my fellow men. You have comforted and gladdened all my pilgrimage. But I cannot leave you behind. You must come with me through the gates into the city of God. For love is perfected in heaven. Love is indeed the greatest of these. Love for God and love for others. And love is the life we must live. It's never ending. It is a command from God. And it's the completion of God's work in our lives. Love will never leave your side. And people, if we continue in love, watch this, love begets love. If I continue in love, no matter how much you don't like me, you don't like my preaching, you don't like nothing about me, but if I keep on loving you, Love is going to push you far away. You're going to try to get away from me. I don't want to be around me. Or it's going to draw you closer and closer to me. Hallelujah. Make the exchange today. If you feel like you hate somebody or hate a situation, exchange it for love. Make the exchange. Make the exchange by doing, uh-huh, yeah, that's right, that's all right. Watch this. If you have defined love as the world defined love, make the exchange for the love of God. Because world love is not the same as God love. World love say, I love you if you love me. But God love, which is agape, I will love you in spite of yourself. 
Are you following me? So the meanest person in here, I don't know who that is. The meanest person in here, the hatefulest person in here, is not too much for the love of God. God will change an angry person into a lovable person. God will change a person that gets on everybody's skin, everybody's nerves, and change them into a lovable person. And if he can do that with a person like that, and you're nowhere near close to that, why don't you just give him all of you so you can become better than where you are right now? Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. I will become better than where I am right now. Somebody said, well, you know, I feel like I done exhausted all of my love. I give, 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 give. You know, you're a very selfish person. Because, you know, God don't brag like that when he give us all his love. Love got on that cross and just died for everybody. Didn't think twice about it. Love didn't think twice about it. Got on that cross and just died for everybody. All our sin. We knew we were messing up. Say, so I'm going to die for him anyway. How about you? You know your husband messed up. You're gonna, you'll die for him anyway. You know your wife messing up. You're going to die. And you know what? Men, I, you know, I, and I know you say I'm always targeting tar the men, but that's how God set it up. That's how God set it up. Because when he says this kind of stuff, love your wife like Christ loves the church. That means that he have given us the first marching orders. Everything is built off of us loving them as Christ loved the church. That's where it starts. We strike love first. Say, well, there ain't no love in this house. Well, brother, you got to, you got to, you got to strike it up first. You, you got to stir up love first. You got to cook love first. That what you want in your home? You want love in your home? You got to be the, the love starter. Come on. Come on, brother. Hit your chest. I got to be a love starter. Matter of fact, say, I am a love starter. So you got you to gotta start love first. You know she get on my, uh-uh, uh-uh. Don't say nothing else negative about her. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. We're getting ready to turn this household around. And it's going to start with me. I'm going to give love first. If the Bible is right, this thing going to turn out all right. If it don't turn out all right, I either got to look at God telling a lie or I'm refusing to obey what he says. It's one or the other. It's one, it's one or the other. So now you know God going to uphold his end, right? So we got we to look at ourselves. Got to look at ourselves. There's no reason why two people who have committed their lives to God and committed their lives to each other cannot make it good. Cannot make it good. I don't know how long you've been married, but today you ought to make a declaration. Say for the rest of my married life, it's gonna get better and not worse. Why? Because I'm gonna do everything in my power to make it better. To make it better. I'm gonna do everything in my power to make it better. Right? Now watch this. You might have to become a sacrifice like Jesus. I know you didn't want to hear that but you might have to become a sacrifice like Jesus in order for things to turn in your relationship become 
what love is. I talked about love is today, but I want you to become what love is. God is love. And if you want to know love, get introduced to God. And if you have God in you, that means you have love in you. Don't tell me you can't love her or love him. Don't tell me you can't love that man. Well, bitch, you got to understand this. No, I don't want to hear no more about him. I don't hear no more about him. Girl, what you going to do? What you going to do? And God has, 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 has awesomely made you as a woman, as a help me, to make things better than what you found. So if you found him messed up and jacked up, use what God put in you, girl, to make it better. Hallelujah. Come on, ladies, help me out. Say, I'm going to make my man better. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Come on now. Somebody say, I ain't got no man yet. That's all right. You're going to have the tools. You're going to have the tools when you get one. You're going to have the right tools when you get one. Bishop, I ain't got no woman yet. She coming. She, if you want her, she coming. Keep looking Hampson and praising God. See, if, if I was a single man, I'd come to church and be having my Bible open and raising God and looking good, smelling good and everything else. So when the time comes, God said, look over there. And I'll be like, I don't know if I need to look over there. God said, look again. Look over there. Hallelujah. I'm going to be ready when he say, all right. Until then, I'm just going to keep praising God. I'm going to keep giving him the praise, giving him the glory. I ain't going to be in no rush to get anything. Because you ain't no anything. When God made you, he didn't make no jump. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are somebody. You got royal blood flowing through your veins. Girls, if you, girl, if you sit by your man, you tell him, I'm, I'm going to get the best out of you. If you, if you sit by him, I'm going to get the best out of you. Come on, tell him. I'm going to get the best out of you out of you. Dog, I shouldn't even came there. I don't want my wife talking to me in church. Just sit there and act like you like it, man. Come on now. Quit being so hard all the time. Good God Almighty. Man, you're going to be all right. Hallelujah. What's wrong with you now? Always trying to act all hard all the time. Amen. Let God break that, give a, turn it into a heart of flesh. So everybody bow your heads.